Absolutely nothing beats windshield time. Welcome back to Dan the Road Trip Guy, a podcast where we have candid conversations about life lessons learned on the road. I'm your host, Bimmer enthusiast and road trip extraordinaire, Dan Neal. And now on to the show. Uh, This morning, I'm taking a virtual little road trip around Cincinnati. We're actually uh, both in Cincinnati, my guest and I, and I've known my guest for probably close to 20 years. Although we haven't seen each other in years, Mm -hmm. I am just excited to catch up with her. She's been in the medical healthcare sales field way, way back. Then she got into leadership with Ken Blanchard. And now she's a book author, writing children's books, and I think teaching them about leadership. So we'll see see what she has to say about that. But my guest today is Denise DeStasi, and I'm just excited to have her here. Welcome to the show, Denise. Thanks, Dan. That was a, a great recap. So thank you. Yes, I'm excited to be here, too. Thank you for inviting me. I always start my show with, uh, take a couple minutes and just tell my uh, listeners, who is Denise DeStasi? Well, one of my greatest roles or titles, if you want to call it that, is Nona. And I'm Nona to two beautiful girls. Nona is Italian for grandma. And they are actually my co-authors on my books and my chief ideation officer and my chief brand officer. And trust me, they have lots of ideas. But I I love that role. Uh, You gave a great recap. I was in medical sales for many years, sold nuclear medicine equipment, which is crazy when I think about it now. Then I went to work with Ken Blanchard and then started doing some leadership consulting and and working in that area. Adopted a crazy little dog who actually taught me a lot about leadership and love. And I started writing some lessons I was learning and it evolved into writing some children's books about love, being kind and patient, hopeful and trusting. And so it's been a great, it's been a great ride. I am looking forward to the next however many years I'm here on this earth to present a message about love. That's exciting. And I believe Dog's name is Louie? That is Louie. And our our children's books are Louie's Little Legs and The Magic of Kindness, Magic of Patience, and the new one that just came out, which is The Power of Hope. I'm excited to uh, learn a little bit more about that. But yeah. this is Dan, the road trip guy. My first question to people is always, what was your first car? Oh, you know, my brother and I were just talking about this the other day. He asked me, what was that car that you got? I said, it was a red convertible Fiat. And I, I mean, I'm sure I was only about 16 or 17 and my dad negotiated. Now, my dad was a Cincinnati cop. So the thought of him letting his 16-year-old daughter drive around in a red convertible Fiat Still blows my mind today. That car was so much fun, but it was also so much trouble. And was that a new car? No, it was a used car. Used car. Yeah. Maybe he wanted all the cops to keep an eye out for you. So he's like, just keep an eye out for this red Fiat traveling around. (laughs) Yeah, he had ways of doing that, believe me, by license plates, by all sorts of things. But the Fiat was just, it was so much fun. I joke with my granddaughters today. I said it was kind of like... A little Flintstone car, like I should have had my feet out of the bottom of the car, just, you know, running along with it. But it was a lot of fun. But man, many, many a times my dad would come and pick me up, you know, on the side of the road because it broke down. Yeah. How long, uh, how long did you keep that car? Do you remember? It was probably a couple of years and then um, got an Opal GT, Opal Cadet GT from I think my brother had that one and, and I bought it from him used. And that one, 
was amazing because I had it a couple of years and then my sister-in-law's brothers bought it and they had it for years and it's probably still driving around somewhere because it just never died. Yeah. Those were cool cars. You had two really cool cars uh, in your younger years. That's really neat. What are you driving today? I am driving a Toyota Camry. Okay. Well, okay. (laughs) We'll skip that and move on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Did you grow up? Uh, I don't remember how big your family, um, like brothers and yeah. sisters, like uh, growing up. I have a big Italian family. There, are, we we always describe ourselves as six kids. You know, three boys, three girls. Of course, my mom and dad came from very large families, so lots of cousins, lots of people in and out of our house, just a lot of of activity. We still, my brothers and sisters and I, are still very very close. And, you know, still really enjoy getting together. Yeah, that's uh, that's neat. So yeah. as a family growing up, did you take road trips? You know, Dan, I we talk about this all the time because there are so many fun memories. So my dad, like I said, was a police officer. He would take the month of June as much time as he could. He fixed up, and this was a long time ago before conversion vans were ever considered, he fixed up a really neat van, had it had air conditioning put into it, and we would hit the trail. We would go on trips to California because we had friends and cousins out there. Oh, wow. And, you know, six kids in the car and a great big area kind of in the back set up so two of us could take naps if we needed to and, you know, or just sit back there and play games and um, just read or whatever we wanted to. And we would get up really early in the morning. And my mom and dad put us in the in the van and we would stop around two or three in the afternoon and then swim and have a fun dinner and then go to bed early and get up early. It was the best time ever. And we we several times we took trips on Route 66. And I'll never forget those trips. The wow. the road trips, getting like I love that I can fly places right now, but I will tell you, getting in a car and driving and taking your time. And seeing this great country is amazing to me. And I'll never forget that. We did that several times, almost every year for many years. Yeah, I think that's, uh, people kind of miss it out on that today. We, yeah. it's, uh, it's so much about the destination. We want to get there quick. So we jump on an airplane and we go. And, and mm-hmm. people just don't realize what's out there, particularly if you get off the interstate system. And right. can, uh, you know, my favorite road is still U.S. Route 50 which still runs across the country. Yes. uh, I don't say my favorite parts in Kansas, but, uh, you know, everybody ought to do that at least once. Mm -hmm. Is there one trip that stands out in your mind that was just uh, epic? I think when, um, so my older two brother and sister, they were, they had jobs and they were not um, going on trips. And I think it actually might've been the older three and then the, me and my brothers and sisters, we, uh, me and my two brothers, um, we went out on a, on a trip. And my mom and dad probably felt like it might have been the last one or two trips before all kids were going somewhere different. And I remember stopping at the Alamo. We took Route 66 out. You know, I can remember stopping at a couple different places that we still have pictures of it. You know, places that I would never have guessed. A lot of, a lot of places that might have had some reservations, um, things like that. And hitting, I think it might've hit um, LA. And then we drove up to San Francisco 
And then we drove back home and I don't remember the, the route we took back home, but it, you know, it just reminded me. And because I knew we were probably coming to the end of our road trips, it just reminded me how precious it is. Number one, to spend that time with my family and to just drink in the fact that my dad took time, you know, to, to get in a van and drive. And my mom, you know, would map out destinations and would point out things for us because they, they were not big highway drivers. I mean, they did this so that we could see a lot of different things along the way. And sometimes we'd be like, yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah. Are we <laughs> there yet? Times, yeah, I know. Exactly. And other times we were super excited to see things. And thank goodness I took lots of pictures and movies. And, you know, we still have that. Uh, we still have those memories today. Oh, that's very cool. Today, uh, kids got their iPads in the back seat. You know, they got their headphones right. on and, and no conversation going on. And I remember when our kids were growing up, you know, it was uh, I spy with my little eye. Or yes. I remember counting license plates from different states who could spot us a uh, license plate from a particular state and, and games yes. like that. Yeah, those are good, great games. And they and. And I still will see my grandkids kind of play those things. But yeah, you're right. You know, we got our heads buried in so many things. We're not noticing uh, the great things around us. Yeah, for sure. So we'll uh, we'll move away from cars and road trips. And uh, I'm anxious to hear about the Ken Blanchard time you spent with leadership and how you got into doing leadership and how that took you into writing books. So spend some time just talking about your professional life. You talk about a journey and a trip and a road trip. It's been quite a journey when I look back at it. Um, but I, you know, I went to college for radiology and was a uh, nuclear medicine tech for just a couple of years. And I got into selling medical equipment, which was no easy thing to do. I was, I was the only female for a couple of years and it was very, very competitive, but I knew nuclear medicine and that was something I had over my competitors. And it was really obvious to a lot of, a lot of uh, clients. I did that for about 20 years and I moved into several positions with that. National uh, accounts manager, all sorts of things, vice president. In the year 1999, I think I read a book called Leadership by the Book by Ken Blanchard. And I feel like it took me through this tunnel, fast forward tunnel of this is what you need. This is what the city needs. This is what the country, I mean, just on and on and on. And I pursued that man and that company like crazy. They're located in Escondido, California. And they said, we don't have any positions in Cincinnati. And I was like, perfect. That's exactly why right. you need you, me to. You should have one, right? <laughs> right. And I said, I, I know everybody in this city. I, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I, they finally, about two years, I think they finally just said, gee, just give the girl a job. Yeah. So, She's not going <laughs> to stop calling or writing us. So give her a job. <laughs> exactly. And it's, it was amazing. It was a total switch for me from the doggy dog medical sales to, leadership, really taking time to learn and understand culture and empathy. And Ken still today talks about bringing the heart to the business world, which was not something that people thought could ever happen. And so I went to work with him and, and Justin working with him. And you know what? He, he just called me yesterday to just talk and check in and see how I'm doing. That is 
that is the kind of man I wanted to go to work for. And that's who he is. And he still is today. And it amazes me. So um, thanks to his friendship, he's the guy who encouraged me to start writing. Hmm. And because of some things I had written. And so he and I wrote some articles together. And then I started going into um, leadership consulting. And, and that's where I met Ford and started doing a lot of different consulting um, consulting gigs. But then I adopted a dog in 2013, Louie. Okay. And I started telling people stories about Louie. And my trainer, I had to get a trainer because Louie was, he was a piece of work. He almost went back to the adoption place I got him from because he was a piece of work. And my trainer said, you may learn a thing or two about leadership from this dog. And by golly, that was true. Wow. I had to make, I know I had to make a choice to keep him. I had to make a choice to love him regardless of his behavior. And it was transforming. So when I would share with clients different stories about him and we'd laugh about a lesson here and there, they, they encouraged me to start writing and wrote a leadership book, a middle grade book, and now we have um, children's books. And it's, it has been quite a journey and I'm loving it. Yeah. You go into schools. Is that correct? We do. And so we started, you know, I started the typical book, book release journey kind of thing. And, um, and then I, I started seeing what a difference it makes when I take Louie into schools and we talk to kids, we read the books, they see him, they get to pet him, they talk to him. I read about, you know, whatever, whatever book I bring in, kindness, patience. And then we send them home. We send kids home with a book. And so that's why I started our Unleash Love um, nonprofit is so that we could start, you know, donating books to school send the books home with kids. We send home a discussion guide for parents so that they can engage in conversations with their kids about kindness. And, and there's a little, if I could take a minute, there's a little magical kind of thing that happens here. The kindness book is based on a lesson I learned from Oswald Chambers in his book, My Utmost for His Highest, where he says there is always something unknown in other people's lives. Mm. I put that in there in that little lesson throughout the story. Because of it, it's, it makes an impact. It's not just telling kids to be nice. It's helping them to understand there might be something going on in somebody else's life we don't know anything about. And so I, I love that. And the patience book is about just doing the next thing. Just do the next thing. <laughs> don't try to do a million things at once, which we all try to do. Yeah, maybe so we uh, maybe we should have everybody reading these uh, right. children's books, right? Uh, seems exactly. like there's a little lack of kindness sometimes in the world. So, oh, my goodness, yes, there is. Now, do you reach outside of? I know the book could be bought. Do you mm-hmm. do you focus on schools primarily in Cincinnati, or do you go other places? Yeah, mostly in Cincinnati. However, there's been a few people who have said, you know, could I could I go into schools and do this and read? And I'm like, are you kidding? Absolutely. You know, and, and I want to be careful telling people to take a dog into schools because Louie's been very specifically trained for that. But I was talking to a group and who who trains dogs and they're like, you know, you could like you could have people who have these therapy dogs or trained dogs to go in. You don't need the, you don't need them to engage with the kids if that's, you know, if you just want to be careful. But anybody could take these books into schools 
and read to the children and ask them questions and engage with them and send the kids home, anybody. That would be amazing. That's great. Well, we'll hope uh, that love spreads uh, throughout the country then, right? Yes, absolutely. We need it. We need it right now. So here's a question for you. If you could take a road trip with anyone, we'll go back to road trips now. Uh, yep. But if you could take a road trip with anyone, uh, living or deceased, who would it be? Where would you go? What would you drive? Maybe that Fiat. I don't know. You get it back. <laughs> but uh, tell me about that. Oh, my gosh. That's a great question. Let me start with the end. Um, I would love at some point in time to sit in a pub with C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien and discuss stories and how they came up with all this imaginative stuff that they do. I could, if I could back up then, I could imagine me in a little English town and C.S. Lewis and I hop in one of those old, old cars, you know, I don't know that necessarily needs to be cranked, right? but an old car and driving down the country roads of, you know, England somewhere and hitting a little stone uh, pub and going in and, and having a great chat with uh, J.R.R. Tolkien and uh, C.S. Lewis. I, I would have thought I died and went to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> it would be so cool. That'd be great. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, one question. What do you think uh, one question you would ask? One question. Yeah, not to put you how, on the spot. No, but it's like, I think I would say, where did it all begin? Mm. Like, what was that one spark that all of a sudden, and it probably was several, what was that one spark that made you think of Narnia? Yeah. You know, or uh, Aslan. What was that one spark? And then what was the journey after that? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. 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 You've been places, you've seen things. What's on your bucket list? Something on your bucket list yet that you want to knock off? Yeah. Um, I, you know, there's a part of me, like we're, we're going to Italy next year and my family's been back. I've been in Italy several times. And so I would love for my family, my brothers and sisters to have a place in Italy that we talk, we talk about all of us living together on some land, you know, as we age and that's, that's, you know, becoming yeah. more <laughs> as we, you know, we're, we're aged now. Well, we talked about, you and I have known each other 20 years and <laughs> yeah. I, I was, would have been in my forties. I'm not asking right. you. So, but uh, I know <laughs> I would have been that. on kind of the, right. Kind yeah. of the back end of those years. So, well, it's weird. Uh, you know, my daughter, Lauren, and well, yeah. I, I know when I turn 50, she goes, well, dad, look at it this way. It's only 50% over. Now I'm 62 and I'm like, uh Oh, <laughs> where did that 12% go? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. So yeah, I would, I think I'd love for, my family and I, I'm not sure about traveling places, but I, but Italy, having a place my family can go live, be together, eat food, share funny stories. I mean, we have a million funny stories that we share and I know I'm blessed and we're, you know, in your audience, there are plenty of people who don't have that. So I never take that for granted. I'd, I'd love to do that in my, as, as we age. So. Wow. That's, that's very cool. Yeah. Give us, um, you got a room full of people, maybe adults, maybe kids. We'll, we'll, we'll stick with adults. You've done mm -hmm. a lot of leadership work. Give us some advice 
on living our best life and uh, really pouring out that love to others. Give, yeah. us, give us a little leadership teaching here because we got time. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I love teaching about is the, the Louis leadership model, which is really understanding loving others, uh, understanding you have to have objectives and goals, you know, in order for people to really do the next thing. Um, you have to take time to understand people. We just, we're not cookie cutter people. We, everybody is different. So take the time to understand, take the time to invest in people, whether you're mentoring people or coaching or just sitting across the table from friends, invest your time in them. And then, and only then can you truly empower people to move forward, to do what God's created them to do. And when you look at that, when you look at love, objectives and goals, understanding others, investing in others, and empowering. And it is spelled Louie. Mm. And it's, it's a model that I share with people, but the number one thing is love, loving other people. And for as long as I had been in the business world, Dan, I have to tell you, well, in fact, cool story. I'm, I'm getting ready to sign a contract with a client and the CEO sits across the table from me and folds his arms and he's like, yeah, I hope you have a good attorney. And that's not something you want to hear from somebody. <laughs> right. When you're signing uh, the contract. Right. Like, I'm like, uh, am I like in the wrong meeting? I mean, what? <laughs> and he's like, I mean, for somebody who says, you know, that, that love is the basis of your leadership, I hope you have a good attorney. I said, well, tell me what you think love is. He goes, well, you know what love is. And I said, well, that's why people have the wrong impression of what love is. You know, they immediately go to a place of inappropriate behavior. And I'm like, that's not it. Love is being patient. Love is being kind. It is not boastful. It is not prideful. It doesn't envy. It always hopes, always trusts. It always perseveres. It never gives up. That's what love is. It's those characteristics. If we take those into our world as leaders, we will be life changers. And I think that's, I mean, that is absolute number one. And just, you know, if we could just do that, do the next thing to show people love, it will be an amazing life-changing experience. So that's, that's my nugget of wisdom. Wow. That's a great nugget. And uh, I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Well, hey, our virtual road trip's coming to an end here, but I love to give my guests the opportunity to promote their business, their, in your case, a book, a charity, uh -huh. whatever it is uh, you want people to know about. And I'll include these in the note. Okay. Hopefully people will pick up a book um, for their grandchild or, or for their own child and, and read that book. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate that. Our nonprofit is called Unleash Love. And our website is unleash-love.com. And they can go in there and they can read about what we do, which is we're really existing here to help eradicate bullying from the classroom to the boardroom. On that website, they can read about that. They can purchase the books. They can donate a what we call a classroom bundle, which allows us to go into classrooms and give away books and take a, you know, take a time uh, to read, visit with Louie, that sort of thing. That helps us. If they go on our website, Everything goes back into the um, into our five hundred one c three allows us to go ahead and donate to schools and donate books. Our books are also on 
Amazon and Barnes and Noble. They look up Louie's Little Legs. They'll see that. Yeah, I don't think on Amazon our image is up yet for The Power of Hope, but we have three children's books. They can buy them on our website. They can buy them on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Any online retailer will provide those books. Okay, thank you. Yeah. And you're still sure. doing business leadership training too. You just mentioned I that. am. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I am. And we do um, business leadership training and coaching. It's the 501c3 has become so busy. It's crazy. But, and I also do ghostwriting for people, which I, I enjoy because I want people to share their business. They share their hearts, share their stories. And uh, some people just don't have the gift of writing. So if that's a gift that I have, I can share with people. Great. So I'm a little busy for a grandma. <laughs> yeah, you are very busy, which I think is great. Uh, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think retirement's uh, no. mentioned anywhere in that uh, Bible that we follow. No. So Denise, I've so enjoyed catching up. It's been too long, and so this, yeah. is, this has just been fun. And I really thank you for coming on this show. Dan, it's been fun catching up with you too, and I'm so honored you would ask me to do this. So thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dan the Road Trip Guy, and we look forward to having you back again next time. In the meantime, if you want to find me, you can find me on the internet at Danny, D-A-N-N-Y, Neal, N-E-A-L, dot com. Until we meet up again, keep having conversations and keep driving. Mm-hmm.